When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Sam here with Nick, Titans of Filter, Music City Miracles. So, uh, good news is, from what I'm hearing, there's a lot of changes to COVID. Here's the funny thing, and I want to ask you this, Nick. Do you think it's a little uh, convenient for the Colts that they were to get, like, their star quarterback on COVID, and then all of a sudden he's going to – I feel like he's going to be available on Sunday. And as soon as it was going to be to the point to where we were going to be real set up, now they're going to be – they're going to have everybody back, be full strength. And we had to deal with sitting out some of our main guys. Last, we still pulled it off last week. I was curious to see if the Colts were going to be able to make it happen. I thought they still could beat the Raiders even without mm-hmm. wins in. But at the same time, it's like, really? Now I feel like the NFL is just kind of like, look, listen, we, we tried this. We tried to put these protocols in place. I mean, the new, we just got done talking about it. I mean, this the way this new variant is, it's like, you know what? Like, it's just something people got to live with. Yeah. yeah no, it, I mean, I would like to think that the Colts didn't influence the CDC's decision because uh, that's where really the timing of everything seems to align um, with, you know, what they, what they ruled with the five days. Um, but I don't know, you know, NFL kind of runs the country. So maybe, maybe the higher upset uh, at play let the CDC know how this was going to mess up the playoff scenario. And they came out with the new rules right quick. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think um, Wentz is still confirmed to play. Cause even with the rules, right. He has to test from like five days out. He has to have a negative test from five days out. Okay. Uh, I do think it's funny that part of the new rules for the NFL, at least are, um, you know, symptoms play a big factor. And like the, right. the players have to self-report their symptoms. Like these are the dudes going out with broken bodies, all loaded up on Toradol and concussed <laughs> wanting to play. Like they're not going to report the sniffles. Like I hope everybody yeah. realize. I mean, everybody yeah. does realize that, but it's, yeah, it's kind of like half measures. Like what's the point just putting up a facade, but um, yeah, I mean, the, the Titans got hit. They got the offensive line last week and now they've had, you know, Julio and Gian Brown and Autry. So some big players there that hopefully we can get back. Um, but yeah, really who we, we just need to make sure Tannehill and AJ uh, stay away, stay away from the vid. Cause that's really what would doomed us um, based off what we saw last week and how they're able to come back. Right. Yeah. I mean, clearly that's the connection that's been missing all year. I mean, as much as we love Julio Jones, AJ Brown, when he's in the game, it's, just, it's a difference maker, opens up everybody else and it just changes the way the game's played. Plus you take away his contributions. I mean, we lose that game. Like, so, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, he had, he had some career stats and some of the, I, what was it like a career? He had like career catches or something like that. Like he, I mean, 
what was he targeting some career like? stats and i think he like didn't he set a record for like most third down conversion he had like eight third down conversion receptions or something insane like that that's uh, wild dude yeah i mean it's, it's video game numbers i, I was watching uh houston versus auburn which i lost a ton of money on like uh <laughs> I <had Auburn> too. <laughs> yeah um yeah, that the, they had like number one for the like Houston. I think he may have he may have converted. I he may have converted like twelve first downs on third. Like it was ridiculous how. And I don't understand how it's getting so open. But when you got a player in the game that can make those kind of plays, which is what I thought that Humphreys was going to be fourth after we had him. It's a third yeah. down, but uh, AJ was just. Uh, I, it, it always baffles me because you know where you know where they're going with it, and yet mm-hmm. when you got a player that good, you can't stop it. Yep. Yeah. Well, before I continue, we kind of skipped over, but first off, glad to have you back because talking to myself, I was starting to lose my mind a little bit and I'm sure the uh, listeners are thankful to have a little back and forth instead of me just rambling into the nothingness because uh, I usually was like recording at 1am too. So probably <laughs> at the same time. Um, so glad to have you back, but yeah, I think um, having AJ back, you know, really that's the secret formula. Um, just, how how clear was it that Tannehill was happy to have him back? Like just a guy he could count on. And he kind of even said that right in, in the um, press conferences leading up to that. Like, you know, I'm, I'm really happy to get him back and have that connection back. And he proceeded to just throw him the ball basically all game. And not only right. um, is he glad to have that talent back, but, you know, converting those third downs are just so demoralizing. I mean, we can – attest to that from watching the Titans defense last year, like just the third down after third down, I think eventually wore down um, the 49ers defense, which is, which is a good unit, but they had no answer for AJ, which was kind of funny. Like on those plays, everybody knew where the ball was going and they still did nothing. And that's just the kind of talent that he is. Um, And here's an early stat for you because we're we're on the topic of it right now. Sean Calderon uh, just tweeted this out like an hour ago. Um, in the five games where AJ Brown has seen double digit targets, AJ has caught 44 passes. Uh, so that's almost nine catches a game for 617 receiving yards at 123 yards per game and four touchdowns. Um, and so that's really only five games in his career that he's had double digit passes, which is kind of insane if you think about it. Or, no, it's uh, well. um, double digit targets, not even catches. Tar- yeah. Um, which is insane when you look at, you know, some of these other um, top tier wide receivers and how they're getting, you know, 12 to 13 targets a game or whatever. Um, so until AJ, or until Derek Henry is back, I think that's just what you got to do. Just feed him the ball. Cause if nothing else, like if defenses start overcompensating to take away him, then that opens up the rest of your offense. So um, we've seen what the offense looks like without AJ. So the only thing that seems to have worked really, you know, besides the run game at times, but in the passing game is just feed, force feeding the ball. So until someone can figure out a way to stop that, or if it opens up other options, I think, I think you got to keep doing that this weekend against Miami. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you just got to force feed it. It's, it's kind of like, I, I can't attest to this because I don't have any, but you can attest to this. You sometimes you got to force feed the baby vegetables. I mean, listen, you know what, you know, it works. You know it's out the form. Yeah. You know it's going to be pivotal to him growing. You just kind of put a force feed. It's the same with AJ. You got to make sure that you're force feeding him the ball somehow, and he has he's making those plays. I mean, the more you get, the more you force feed him, the less drops that he has, 
and the more confident that he has and the more like it feels like he runs his routes crispier like he mm-hmm. his hands get stickier and i mean he just becomes a threat and it's just kind of harder to stop the more but you got to get him in a rhythm like it's just kind of how he is. He can't come in cold. Comes in cold, then he has a couple of drops. Like you can't target him five times a game and expect him to go off for 115 yards, two touchdowns, and all that. Like he's not gonna do that. You gotta gotta get him in a rhythm for him to kind of take off. But uh, that's just that's what we were saying think, about Henry, right? Is you know he's right. stronger the more you give him the ball. So I think the same kind of applies. Yeah, definitely. I mean, playmakers want the ball. I mean, I watched a. I was watching Man in the Arena with Tom, uh, the Tom Brady special where Randy Moss was talking about how whenever he was in Oakland, he had a little bit of a slump. And there's a scene where it's like third down and Randy Moss is on the sideline instead of in the game. And, like, uh, they call a timeout. He's coming back in the game. He's like, you don't take your fucking playmakers off the field on third down, like going off. And when you think about it, it's like, yeah, the reason he was able to break all those records when he went to New England is because Brady found, Brady found a way to force him the ball. Like even if they know it's coming, you force them the ball. Like it just you kind of those. And then if if he makes those plays, great. If he doesn't make those plays, then it's on him. So like that's how I feel like AJ has to kind of approach this. Where they, I mean, he's got to know that now that he's back, it's going to be it's him, 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 him. And then hopefully those other guys around him can kind of capitalize off of people trying to focus on him a little bit more. But it's just kind of it's it's impossible to stop AJ Brown for a whole game whenever he's. He's on. It's just not going to happen. So that's well, – uh, and, and Tannehill looks like such a different quarterback when he's throwing him the ball too. Like oh yeah, the, conf- the confidence and how he's delivering some of those passes. Um, I mean, he really threaded the needle. Like that touchdown pass was beautiful, um, standing in the pocket and delivering to A.J. And there's that connection that he knows where A.J. is going to be. Um, yep. Makes such a huge difference. And I think, you know, we saw him play a great clean game against San Francisco. And it's one of those things we kept talking about. It's hard, hard to be successful when you don't have any weapons. And what do you know? He gets one good weapon back and he's looking like his old self. So yeah. Um, yeah. Now at this point, it's, you know, I don't know really what we can expect from Julio besides him, maybe, you know, distracting um, defenses a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think, but, he, I think he may, he may actually make a few plays if him and AJ are playing together. Cause he had some flashes. I mean, the bills game yeah. made an incredible catch. I mean, in Seattle had that incredible catch that didn't get called a touchdown. I should have. I mean, so if he's actually in there, he's actually be able to make play. Yeah. I don't think that Hammy's going to hold up. Like, so it doesn't really matter, but I mean, if yeah, he's able to kind of get in there, be good. He might yeah. need that before the playoffs. So yeah, I yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens there. So going into this week, Miami seven game win streak is a seven game win streak. I don't care who it's against. I know that combined, it's a, the teams that they've beat. I think is a losing record. I understand, but a seven game win streak is really hard to do. Uh, having a seven game losing streak and a seven game win streak all in one season, I think, is an incredible feat for Miami. It's insane. I think, yeah, yeah it's it's absolutely bananas. Their defense is playing fantastic uh they're getting after it they got a stable of running backs that have all been able to kind of do it uh, be able to make some things happen uh duke johnson obviously didn't have a great game and uh that's on me uh, that, i'll blame myself for that for actually throwing a bunch of eggs in the basket by expecting him to score a touchdown in that game but he uh he, he just didn't get it done but they have uh to his confident i think that they've gave, they've had a conversation with him to say listen we're gonna ride with you and you make this stuff happen, and you'll be the quarterback here going forward. 
So I think that he's playing with a little bit of confidence where he's not playing scared. And mm-hmm. they look really good. So I think coming into this game, it's not really a game where uh, – and they're fighting for their playoff lives, right? So I don't think that it's a situation where we can come in and think that we're going to have one of those games where it's a big-time a big time game where we step up and just smack them kind of like we did the Chiefs and the way that they went with the Bills and all this stuff. Like I think that this Miami team is scrappy. And I, if, I would say it's going to be – it's going to be a low-scoring yeah, uh, defensive defensive driven game, and I think that whoever wins a time of possession definitely wins a turnover game with this game. The, the good news is is that you can make two or make some mistakes where we can get some turnovers, but our front four is going to be huge in this one. That's why I think it's really important that with the new protocols and with us having like the COVID last week that we can get these players back so that we can get in his face a little bit, force him to make some mistakes. And then our secondary is going to take advantage of it. Um, I like that, but I, I'm hopefully we get Buster back. Um, I mean, I, I, we need we just need our we need our players to show up. Buyer Buyer needs to get him one. Like, there's a lot of opportunities that he'll give us a chance to, but we got to make sure that we take advantage of it. And we're opportunistic on defense in order to win this game. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what we did last week, right? Shout out Jack Rabbit coming back after being out a few games, and honestly, that was probably a game-saving interception, right? Like if yep. um, if San Francisco goes up 14 nothing there, you know, that probably takes the wind out of Tennessee fully, and I don't know if the, the comeback is able to happen at that point. Um, those are the kind of plays you need to make against Tua, who I think um, if you do get pressure on him, um, you know, he he's, can be prone to turnovers. The Dolphins are kind of a weird team. I mean, they are on this crazy win streak, but, you know, going back – so their, their last loss was to the Bills. So out of this win streak, they've beat the Texans, the Jets twice, the Panthers, the Giants, and the Saints with Ian Book. And so really their only notable win was beating Lamar um, at home at the beginning of November. So it's kind of tough to get a real good feel on them. Like, I do think that defense is legit. Um, you know, they've out of all those games, even though those aren't great teams, they only allowed um, – more than 20 points one time and that was to the jets two weeks ago so yeah um i think the titans are probably gonna have a tough time scoring um but i do think they will be able to slow down um this miami offense and um to kind of flip ahead of schedule the, the stat portion um the dolphins love to run rpos like that is their bread and butter that's really all they do you know if you look at um, you know, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they really kicked off the RPO trend and nobody knew how to stop it. Um, the thing about them was, is that they, they intermingled, they, they used it throughout, but that wasn't all they did. That's really all that the Dolphins do. Um, like Patrick Mahomes runs RPOs, but he can do other stuff too. Really the only success this team has is with their RPOs. Um, so this was from stats at the beginning of December, but Sports Info Solutions recorded 43 RPO dropbacks for two on the season which puts him only behind Roethlisberger, Justin Herbert, and Mahomes. Um, but all three of those guys have over 100 more pass, passes than Tua did because, you know, he had missed games. So um, over 18% of Tua's passing attempts have come on RPOs. The second closest number was Colt McCoy at 12%. So um, they're just running a ton of RPO, which um, it, it, it can be difficult to stop. But the two things that I think the Titans have going for them are 
Um, the Titans naturally like to run a lot of man, man-to-man coverage, which is beneficial against the RPOs. Um, defending the RPO a lot, a lot of it is about making the decisions easy on the defense. Um, so if you get guys in zone coverage and they're they're trying to decide run versus um, pass and where they should be, that's that's where you get messy. But if you make it simple and just say man to man, this is your guy, stick on him, um, that can that can simplify it. Because um, um, and the other thing I would say is beneficial is just that I feel like when a team is that one dimensional on offense, it's just it can in some ways make them easier to scheme against. And I think that. Rabel and Bowen have a really good command on their linebacking unit and the safeties, which are going to be really important and how they stack the box and how they align. Um, so, you know, David Long is practicing this week, which is huge. We haven't seen him in a while. And even with Cunningham in the building and Evans playing well, I still think he's our best running back uh, linebacker. Um, and he's, he's also better in coverage than both of those guys. Uh, which is important with Jayon Brown on COVID. So getting him back will be huge if possible. Um, so using those guys and then Crookshank and how he lines against tight ends um, and, you know, our other safeties and how they cycle down into the box. Um, I think Vrabel is, is really good at that as is Bowen and how he draws up stunts. Um, and like I saw a tweet today, that awesome Jackson and the offensive line have really struggled against stunts. So, um, I think the Titans have a lot of good tools and how to play against the RPOs along with their natural um, preference for man-to-man coverage. Um, so they have that going for them, but it's it's still, at the end of the day, it, it can be a tough offense to defend. Yeah, no, um, I would probably say the um, definitely the advantage that we have is we have a little bit more speed than what Miami's played against, uh, especially – during that streak that they've been on, I don't think that they, I don't think they faced anybody with the speed on defense that we're gonna have. Um, and of course, we we definitely have more. Uh, we got we definitely have more offense than what they've been able to face. Uh, listen, Ian Brooke is not an NFL quarterback. I don't know what yeah. that was. The easiest pick, the easiest thing that was that was gonna be a lock was him throwing an interception in the game, and he threw what two? What am two or three? Like two or three? Two, yeah. I mean, and, 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 I mean, they were. They were crucial interceptions. I mean, one of them wasn't even close. I don't know where he was going. He threw it right. The DB looked like the wide receiver on the route. It was, it was mm-hmm. terrible. So uh, I'm hoping that maybe we can get a little shell shock with them because they haven't faced anything like what they'll face uh, during this streak, and we can make some things happen, and then we can get on offense and do what we're supposed to do, get the ball moving. Um, I mean, like like I said, it's just all it's all about taking advantage of – Miami's defense with the speed that they have. Like, I, I mean, I, at the end of the day, that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to come down to finding a way to beat their defense because their offense, mm-hmm. I think, that we can find a way to make some plays against. So if we can do that, then I think we're going to put ourselves in a really good position. And then hopefully if we get some key pieces back, then it's going to make a huge difference in this game. Um, but yeah, the that's Saints, a, the Saints game well, – sorry, go ahead. No, uh, I was just saying that's where, that's where my mindset keeps going to. Yeah, the Saints gave up. Not only did they have the two picks um, by book, they gave up eight sacks. Um, so giving up, giving up that many sacks and turning the ball over like that—that's um, tough to overcome. Now, like I said, the offensive line for Miami is pretty rough. So if we can get, you know, Autry and Bud might be a long shot, um, which takes away part of our strength because I think our defensive front 
lines really well against them. Um, but I mean, right. they gave up three sacks last week and you know, the, the score is pretty lopsided 20 to three. Um, yeah. but that was more, I think, because of just how ineffective the saints offense was. I mean, their defense still played them well and they play a lot of man coverage. Like I was talking to Titans like to do Miami right. only had 260 total yards, um, 173 passing yards, um, to, a. I think he, he had one touchdown, one interception for under 200 yards. Um, none of their running right. backs averaged more than 3.3 yards per carry. Um, you know, really the only guy that looked great on their offense was Jalen Waddell. Um, and so I just saw Teron Davenport, you know, tweeting out um, about Christian Fulton and if, if he'll match up on Waddle because they have that familiar, familiarity from back in college, LSU versus Bama. Um, so if they're doing a lot of man-to-man, it's almost like can – just try and stick Fulton on Waddle all day and then hope we can shut down their tight ends because that's really the only other guys that had um, over a single reception was Durham Smythe and Mike Gusecki. They like running Gusecki in the slot. You know, we've talked about Dane Kirkshank and how good he's been defending guys like Kelsey and Kittle, like put him on Gusecki, lock him up. And then, you know what, if Durham Smythe is going to beat you, then you should deserve to lose at that point. But um I think there's a lot of things to like about how we can match up against this offense. And so you're right. It is, you just so got to score it, points. Don't throw it at Xavier Howard and don't turn the ball over. Right. Uh, here's another thing that I noticed in the game that actually shocked me. I was extremely shocked on how well they shut down Kamara. Kamara did nothing in that game. Yeah. And uh, so when I'm thinking about that, maybe, I think maybe Miami's run defense may be a little bit stronger than their past which means that it can really open up some of the things that we need to do in the passing game. So we may be able to move the ball through the air, which would be even bigger than A.J. Brown's back, because I think that that's going to make a huge difference in that game. And, uh, I mean, because if the Saints were able to kind of just throw the ball at all in that game, then I think that that score is a lot closer than it is, because they were in the red zone a couple times and did nothing. Right. Well, and like eight sacks is just such a ridiculous amount. Like I was, I'm looking at their the the stats from that game, and I was looking at their the Miami defensive players, and I thought I was looking at tackles, and then I realized that they were sacks. Like there's like one, two, three, four, five, six. So there's like eight, uh, seven guys that have at least a half a sack. So the the pressure comes from all over, and I think that'll be. Um, I mean, I I feel like a broken record at this point talking about the tight, Titans offensive line. Um, but the the Miami defense likes to do a lot in terms of dis- disguises and how they how they blitz the quarterback. Um, and Tannehill is usually decent against the quarterback or against the blitz, assuming that it's not you know a free run at him, which we've seen way too much this year. Um, so that'll be something to watch too, because you got Saffold and Lawan, um, and hopefully Nate Davis coming off of um, the COVID list. So how are those guys going to look coming back from that? Can they stand up? Uh, to the pass rush. Um, Quisenberry, he still continued to struggle last week. Um, you know, I don't think, I don't know, correct me wrong, I don't think Redunds looked good in relief for Luan. Um, but I think Vrabel's one of those guys who's too loyal to his vets that he's going to yank Quisenberry at this point and put in the rookie. Oh, no, no, no. I, I don't think so. But what I do think is I think that Quisenberry's game that he had was a lot better than expected. I, so 
it's it's weird because I think that we're so scorned off of what we've gotten off of uh off of like rookies when it comes to being on the O line. And I think that we're like, oh man, like it's gonna be another bust. It's already been in our head so much that we didn't give we didn't give uh Redunce enough credit for how he played in that game. And I don't I think that he played pretty damn well. And I think it's gonna it's gonna pay off for him down the line, especially when it comes to now we're not going to be looking for that in the draft. And mm-hmm. like, we think that we can build on what he did. And I mean, he, did, he, I mean, now when you, when you pull up the stats, uh, he did give up, he gave up like, I think it was like five pressures. And I think he, he, he may have given up like one, maybe two sacks, but it's still at the end of the day, it wasn't, it wasn't like as bad as people thought that it was going to be for yeah. what he was able to do. I think he did really well in that game. Quisenberry, unfortunately, because of his background and like how he knows the playbook and he's already got the reps, it'll still be him. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. And he did play well to start the season. He just really backslid. And I mean, he's faced some tough competition. I mean, as um, he didn't look good, but Nick Bosa still didn't manage a sack last week, which is pretty impressive. I would have guessed he would have at least gotten two um, based off with TJ Watt and guys like Chandler Jones have done against us this year. Um, there's definitely some promise and I thought it was kind of funny that people were already labeling Redun's a bust and saying it was a wasted pick. And it's like for right or for wrong, you got to realize Rabel will usually defer to the veteran over the rookie unless he has to, or unless that guy's outstanding. Um, and Quisenberry, like I said, played well to start the season. He was obviously going to be the better guy, uh, in camp compared to Redun's who hadn't played football for a year. And he played at a lower college level. Like that's a huge learning curve. And so it might suck in the short term. Um, but I think it's it's kind of the safe route to go for confidence. You know, like if he's not ready, is it gonna help him putting him out there and let him get smoked each week? Some guys can have that mental capability to overcome that um, right. and you know, just get better from it. But other guys, you know, they lose their confidence and it's a downward spiral. So um kind of tough to a lot of people are saying why has he been playing all year he probably like he's probably a lot better now than he would have been if he came out week one um, exactly. Just from, exactly just from getting his feet under him and learning the offense like it's easy to say that now but um you know i i think from where i'm sitting that Rabel and the titans played that played it right with him exactly that like i i feel like i've had this conversation a million times on the podcast i bought up three or four times but we used to let people develop. And I think we've gotten away from that because he's like, oh, he's an early round pick. He's got to play. I'm like, man, like, of course he's going to be better now. Like now I expect to see him rotate in to give guys a breather so they don't have to play 90% of the snaps. Like because of the fact yeah. that maybe he, yeah, like maybe he has his, he's like a little bit more aware of what's going on in the playbook. Like what his box supposed to look like, what his assignment is, like whatever like identifying who the mic is without like uh, another, I know whenever I played football, my sophomore year and my senior year, my sophomore year, I'd always look over and expect the, whoever was lined up next to me to be like, okay, like, Hey, listen, say like, we're double teaming this guy. You're going up to the mic. Like that's what would have been, that's what would have happened if he's in a, like, we don't yeah. hear it, but I guarantee you that they're literally like, Hey, listen, like, just so you don't screw this up, this is your assignment. Like tell him what it is. Like, but now I'm sure most of that game because he's studied the playbook, he's had more time to develop, he's had practice reps. 
that he knows what he's supposed to do, which means that he's not making those same mistakes and leaving Tannehill back there to just get rocked. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like all that stuff is important, like just to, to get a little bit more time under your under your belt. Time and position matters. It's just like any other job. So, I think that um, I think that now he's going to start seeing a little bit more. Uh, a little bit more time in the rotation, a few minutes per game, and I, he may actually develop to be a solid lineman now that we've given him the t- a chance. Which is which is huge, like you said, for the future of the team too. Having him maybe not be a big question mark, like with all these, you know, we could potentially flip three to four of the linemen last from this year to next year. We're looking at contracts and age and everything, so to take him off that list, that would be huge. That would be huge. Right. So, right. Um, yeah, it'll be, you know, I think this is going to be a low scoring game, like you said, which means again, turnover differential is going to be huge when there's not a lot of points. Mm-hmm. A lot of it can come down to who gets the turnovers and being able to flip, um, flip the field like that. So um, hopefully we see the Tannehill we saw last week. It's the revenge game. So, you know, he's, He's probably got a little little extra juice for the team that kind of gave up on him, um, or maybe didn't set a, set him up to succeed like he should have. Um, so it's I think you know outside of playoffs, last home game. Uh, so there's a lot of, lot of good energy around this, um, but I really do think it's going to come down um, to turnovers and just being able to get you know two touchdowns and some field goals. I think is all all the Titans will really need to do to get that that margin of victory, but. Uh, what what keys to the game do you have for us? Uh, I would say my keys to this game, uh, clearly, obviously, turnovers like we talked about. It's going to the, uh, the offensive line play in order to be able to kind of give Tannehill a little bit of time in order to kind of uh, get some passes off are going to be key, mm-hmm. uh, especially in this one, uh, because I think that we're going to have some opportunities in the passing game, and I think that we can kind of shock Miami's secondary a little bit because they haven't really played a, a quarterback quarterback in a while. So Nintendo <laughs> has some time. I think he can actually get some things done back yeah. there. Um, uh, another one I think would be uh, just limiting some of the passes that they, that Miami is able to get from their tight ends. Now, I think the RPO for them has been so successful. And whenever they weren't able to get the run plays, they were able to get uh, the previous week, whenever they played the Saints, that they were able to kind of use the play action in order to kind of open up some stuff down the field. They made some really deep passes in that game that kind of changed how the game kind of went when he went to field position and kind of put them in position to take take the lead, and then they kind of like pulled away there at the end. But I think if we can kind of limit that, get pressure on Tua to make him kind of force him to make the mistakes, that like that's going to be key. If we can force Tua to throw an interception in this game, I think we win. Yeah. That's not, yeah, and um, offensive line play, not only on our side, uh, but on theirs too, being able to take advantage of what's arguably the worst offensive line in the league. A lot of young guys who've just not been right. playing well. So um, hopefully big games out of about a big Jeff and Harold if Bud and um, Autry aren't able to go and maybe you see guys like Derek Robertson and Ola step up. So um, you take advantage of that and, and get um, get some pressure on Tua. So I agree. Yep. We're going to see two guys that should have been in the Pro Bowl absolutely dominate up front, I feel like. That's yeah, what's going to yeah. happen. That's what's Jeff, happen. Jeffrey didn't really have his huge, like, um, burn the world down 
revenge game from getting that snub. So maybe he's just pushed it back to the to to this week. So hopefully we get to see that. We'll see it. We're definitely gonna see it. Are there any more stats that you didn't pull up that you want to uh, share with us before we get out of here? Um, just a, I mean, a couple of quick ones is kind of just building on what I already talked about. You know, we talked about the two tight ends. Dolphins spend almost double the amount of time in 12 personnel, which is 61% uh, as the next closest team, which was Atlanta at 31%. So again, that, that goes into them being somewhat easy to game plan against because they, you know, so consistent what they like to do. Um, And, you know, we had just talked about Tua and getting pressure on him. Um, Tua is the third fastest in average time to throw at, at the point at the time of this article, which was just under two and a half seconds. These guys love the quick pass, love the quick pass. So um, I really do think that the linebackers and safeties are going to be key and and how they stop those little dink and dunks. Um, you know, let's hope Fulton Fulton can lock up Waddle, and then the linebackers and safeties need to do their jobs and you know stopping those um, those plays across the middle because that's what they're going to want to do. So uh, getting David Long back, like I said, will be huge in that regard. Cunningham and Evans are not great in coverage um so that could be an area that the that the dolphins try to expose so that that might be the key of the game on defense right there oh yeah i i'm i really think that we got to find a way to stop waddle in this game i mean i i know that i didn't bring it up and you brought it up a couple of times but i can't stress enough how i think that that kid has literally come into his own as a receiver and i think he's only going to get better like it's not going to be a cakewalk when you play Miami whenever you have to defend that guy. I think yep. that guy, he's, he's, he's going to be a game maker. And he's going to get his. But the question is, is can you stop him from changing the dynamic of the game? Like, uh, so I think that that's going to be key. And I think we have the players that can do it. But it's all also going to get – it's going to come down to putting two on his back a couple times in order for us to come out of here on top. So we'll see what yeah. happens with that. Um I don't even have a two-minute warning because I think that we the keys of the game are very simple in this one. It's literally getting pressure on Tua, not letting Waddle be huge in this. And then I think finding a way to shop Miami secondary is going to be key in this one. Like I like yeah. I said, I think I've said it a few times, but I think that there's going to be opportunities in this game where the passing game in this game will probably be a lot more important than our running game because I think the Miami's running defense run defense is a little bit more stout than they get credit for. But I think mm-hmm. the secondary hasn't really been tested. So let's make sure we test that secondary. Yeah. Yeah. I would rather not test Xavier and Howard. I still think he is legit. No, let's, but, well, let's, uh, stay, with uh, let's stay with that guy. Yeah. But I'll, I'm, I'm fine with testing the rest of that defense. I think that, yeah, they're um, – and they lost one of their safe um, – who is it? Uh, Brandon Jones, I think, is one of one of um, their top safeties that's on the COVID list. So, again, you know, I'm, it's kind of all up in the air who's going to be there and um who's going to be out but i think um if he's not if he's not in that's that's um one of their better players so we'll see um they they do have some some good and i forgot byron jones is on the other side of Xavier howard so he can play too it's a tough defense it's a tough defense so yeah it'll it'll, it'll be a challenge for an offense that's had a little trouble getting rolling so uh, yeah. i gotta figure something out maybe just the solution is to do what they did against san fran and just make someone stop aj I'm telling you, there's going to be some opportunities in there. We got to take advantage of it. Uh, yeah. All right, give me a, before we go, give me a score prediction. Uh, I'm going to do 20 to 14 Titans. 20 to 
2014 Titans. Um, I'm going to say 2017 Titans. Okay. Well, point, is that a 2017 game. Titans um, game, you know, another big Randy game winner, or is that the Dolphins just can't come back enough to? Uh, yeah, I think that we'll get the, I think we get the 20 in the middle of the fourth, and then it okay. just kind of, it, they'll, I, I feel like we'll be up 10 at that point. They'll, uh, they may get a touchdown in there, but they, it's not enough time for them to kind of pull it back. Okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I don't. You know, I, I, I'm happy Randy made that one, but I'm not sure the I don't want to come uh, The that. football gods are that. in our favor if we if we yeah. go to Randy two weeks in a row. So yeah. I, I'd rather yeah, not get in that situation. That's not a consistent situation I want to be in. Like, it's not. We don't no. have Aldo Greco back there, you know. No. But uh, no. but let's uh let's just make sure we come ahead with the win. Big time game, last home game. Uh, should be a fiery one. Uh, playoffs. We get to talk a little bit more about where we think we're going to be sitting after this on the on the scene. We'll talk about that next week. Um, got my tickets locked up. I'm ready to go. But uh, yeah, it'll be big. So let's make sure we get this W. Until next time, tighten up. Tighten up. <laughs>